Is your hat gonna clear frame? <laughs> <laughs> just so, the right, I'm just so I'm so swagged out. Don't please don't. It's it's it's, it's literally gonna be the right angle. It's literally everything to me. Everyone watching, hello, welcome to Brutally Honest Reviews. Uh, I am Bobby. With me we got Evan, Aaron, and Justin, and we're gonna be reviewing Steven Spielberg's Ready Player One based on the best-selling book. Uh, in this movie, a bland, uh, forgettable lead uh, lives and spends most of his time in what's called sure, sure, uh, spends most of his time in what's called the Oasis, much like uh, a lot of the other people in this universe oh, do. I kept forgetting it was called the Oasis, and I always think it's the Animus, but that's Assassin's Creed, isn't it? It's yeah, the it's Oasis. Assassin's Creed. It's definitely the Oasis. So this is an idealized world where you can essentially be whatever you want to be. And it's extra great because the world they're living in is essentially gone to shit. And uh, the person, the creator of this virtual reality world, um, the main character idolizes, he's obsessed with him, and upon his passing, he has left clues, puzzles, and hints uh, that will eventually lead to the ownership of the Oasis and uh, a great fortune. And in an unlikely event, the main character, along with a bunch of ragtag uh, group of kids end up taking down this big evil corporation that wanted the Oasis for themselves. He gets the girl. Everything ends uh, happily. So we'll do spoiler free reviews first. So Evan, uh, real quick, just let me know what you thought about Spy Kids 3D. So Spy Kids 3D. <laughs> love Spy Kids 3D. <laughs> this is the point where you should put on your glasses. So, so uh, Ready Player One, without getting into spoilers because I'm pretty bad at that, um, I thought it was pretty good. Um, I thought that I'll just say this halfway through the movie, I wasn't feeling it 30 minutes in. And then I sat through another 30 minutes and started to kind of grow on me like the characters. And, uh, it just kind of sat well with me and it ended really well. Um, I don't want to go into spoilers and I'm going to do it. So let's do that later. All right, cool. So, so it's a thumbs up from you. Thumbs up. Right, I, so. I gave it, I gave it a, I give it a nine out of 10. Oh wow, yeah. that's that's a good. That's pretty. Solid. That's high. Yeah, you're judging me. Right? Okay, no, it's fine. It's fine. I'm glad. No, we we need this. All right, Aaron, tell me what you thought of Ready Player One. Um, I thought it struggled in the beginning. Uh, it's not really a spoiler to say that it focuses a lot on narration and exposition to explain the setup of the world, which I almost always think is a mistake. But I think that once the story does get going, it does hit most of the same beats that any good story does it moves well and i thought it was interesting i think that uh if you're not like really super into movies like we are i think that you'd probably have a great time watching it because you know it's it's a classic sort of setup and then you get an added bonus of all of these characters that you know and love uh yeah so justin over here is our fact checker so, so justin decided that he would order his movie pass last friday <laughs> instead of Three weeks before I should have. So Justin's kind of an idiot. I'm Justin. I'm an idiot. Um, so I have literally no idea what this movie's about, and I didn't read the book because I'm a terrible human being. So I will be fact-checking everybody's nonsense to the best of my ability. I've, I haven't seen it, so I don't know what to fact-check. And, uh, yeah. Um, just, to, just to put it, we're going to set the speed. Has anyone read the book? I no, have I, it's I in my Amazon card now, though. Okay. I want to read it now. Yeah. I want to see how, because I heard people were mad who read the book. Really? Yeah. I, uh, I saw the movie with someone who had read the book, and so as we were sort of talking back and forth through the movie, he was saying how there, there were a lot of things that were different, and it, it does seem like the world building in the book is much better. But I do think that, like, 
in a book, you can spend about 20 to 30 pages setting up exposition the way the movie did in its first 30 minutes, and it's fine because you still have 300 pages to read through, and it, it's, it's more like just for you. But in a movie, when you're relying on visual cues and visual storytelling, uh, a voiceover narration just doesn't stick as an audience member. I think people are way too harsh on like movie, like book to movie adaptations. Like you can't get three hundred pages into a two-hour movie and and have everything be there and intact. True. Yeah. There are also just things that work in books that simply don't work in movies. Like yeah. when when everyone's just like, oh, um, you know, I liked it, but it was so much better than the book. I'm like, of course, like mm. of course it is because there are two completely different. St- storytelling telling platforms there are things that are possible and are not possible in both separate platforms right. so you can't you can't judge a movie uh you know that whether it's good or bad on how close it was to the book that it was based on if it's based on a book right. i i think that you can change literally everything and it can still be fantastic as long as it's good but that's where a lot of things fail is they base it on a book and then it ends up being terrible and everyone goes, oh, but when you change everything, it ends up being terrible. I'm like, yeah. no, when they change it to terrible things, it's terrible. Yeah. But when they change it, I mean, like take Spider-Man for, for example. Everyone loves the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Episode, you know, the third one wasn't that good. But everyone liked the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man. Right. Remember how his webs came out of his body? You know what I mean? Yeah. That's not even close to what it was in the original. But no one talked about it because it was good. You, you know what I mean? Like right. that's that's yeah. where the, that's where the difference is. Um, just to just to give my synopsis because I want to get into spoilers. I'm like itching to get into spoilers. Um, <laughs> I'm definitely more aligned with Aaron on this. Uh, I ended up getting invested, sure, like along along the end, definitely where you were talking about Evan. Yeah. Um, but yeah, not to get too spoilery, but the beginning really really leans heavily on. Um, clunky exposition like this really long voiceover and and it wasn't five minutes it was like a 15 minute like it was a really big chunk of the, the movie character had no um, character development it's at all. none yeah and he ne- he needed that he needed that in order to do it um and the the thing that sucks the most is that i don't think it needed to be that way because most of the things he was telling us they were also showing us you right. know what i mean i got a lot of the stuff and all the other extra stuff could have been time developing his relationship with his family. Right. And right. Uh, who, does anyone remember the, the creator of the Oasis? What was his name? Oh, fuck. Um, Fact checker. <laughs> I think the we're in spoiler territory now, correct? Okay, spo- let, yeah. spoiler, Let's spoiler territory. territory. If you haven't seen it, this is your because- five, four, <laughs> three, two, one. Spoilers. Because, okay, that movie did not even care about that family subplot. That was in there to... Just have a deadbeat dad mess with that guy. Um, Halliday. Halliday. James Halliday. That's right. James Halliday. That mo- that aunt and that douchebag boyfriend blow the f- up, and he never like he just walks away from the explosion after that happens, and we never go into it. Like the romance subplot really starts to pick up in the real life, and not just in the game after that. And the entire time he's like making faces at this, I'm literally yelling at the screen like, "Your aunt just died." <laughs> yeah. Like. This is true. The person who will put a roof over your head in Ohio, the the terrible place where trailers are stacked on top of one another. Which, how did that happen? I have, the the, the plot itself is good, but they, they show you this world that you never get to explore. And like, I want to know, why is it people are living in such a, a, a cloistered state where trailer trackers are stacked onto each other to the height of skyscrapers? 
Why is it that the police don't get involved when a, cor- a private corporation blows up a bunch of these trailers via drones? I think it, that's – I didn't have a problem with that because I thought that was implied. Like I, I, the way I see things now, like, like our current state mm-hmm. and, and politics and, and just sociology in general, I just don't think that that's too far from the future. Yeah. I think that. it's very believable. Yeah, I, I think I, it's it's like a path that that we uh, that we've often like it's often in movies like mm-hmm. you said, like you know like in Ready Player One. Yeah, when it comes to the world, uh, like the the wor- the side by side world, I can't tell you how many times uh, you know I'm watching a movie um, where the movie involves uh, two different parts. There there's there's this part and then there's the second part, mm-hmm. and a lot of times I find myself. I mean, you can go for. Uh, like Star Wars, for example. Star Wars, for example, the in The Last Jedi, like all of this ridiculous stuff is happening, and I'm just like, can we get back to Luke? Please, can we get back to Luke? Mm-hmm. And that was one of the things I actually liked about the movie was that there is absolutely no way that this real-life world is going to be interesting compared to the Oasis. So I liked that they were just like, just focus on the Oasis because this world is as boring as we're making it look. Mm-hmm. Like, just focus on the world. So, yeah. as as being harsh, like, harshly critical of this movie, I actually didn't mind it doing that because mm-hmm. if it did, I would have been like, can we get back to the, like, cool stuff mm-hmm. the whole time? They, they were in the real world so little, but I think they should have went one further and just been in the, in the real world even less. Because, like you said, it mm-hmm. makes sense that his his whole family gets get blown up and his place where he, the place where he lives and he just goes on to whatever mission they're on right like he doesn't really like dwell on like I, i'm gonna get revenge you know get like someone just got killed in real life like n- no one got killed in the movie except for those two right yeah um probably some other npcs they're not npcs in movies but you get what i mean yeah 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 with these specifics but- let's try to let's try to Let's try to work our way forward. Like okay. we were talking, we were talking about um, the intro shot, the fifteen-minute right. like expositional, mm-hmm. like how how it. Now that we're in spoiler territory, let's get into the specifics of what mainly. Now you really liked the movie. Did that bother you? So the exposition. The yeah, yeah the, so, the setup. Yeah, so I thought it was really f-ing weird that all of a sudden that we I pressed. Pl- I thought it was part of like because I watched the movie streaming, so I thought like mm-hmm. I skipped part of the movie because. Am I already sliding down a mountain in this place I don't know? Yep. Um, so I thought it was a little out of place to be just thrown into that world and not really be, be explained anything. And putting it forward more, and I think this is kind of a personal preference, but like the gamer talk was kind of not accessible for all ages at first. And mm-hmm. I feel like they didn't segue into that right away. And I was like, right away, I was kind mm-hmm. of like making faces at it. You know, as a gamer, I was hearing like how lame kids can sound online. Mm-hmm. I kind yeah. of hated that, but then I I, I kind of realized as the movie went along that it made sense. Like people do talk like that online. Mm. Um, I get it, but yeah, yeah, I, I wasn't for it. So even even the person who gave it a nine out of ten, like still, yeah, like still the the yeah. yeah definitely. So Aaron, what specifically, Aaron, did you? Because because you had you have even stronger feelings about the end. Yeah, I just I just don't like exposition. To me, um, I think the first twenty five to thirty minutes of the movie are the most important and arguably the most interested because they have to hook us. Like you yeah. have to spend every minute hooking us and showing us new things. Not only showing us new things, you have to show why the character is unhappy with the world he's around, even if it's a totally different world than we're used to. So that's a very like short period of time to make that transition to being, I understand this world, and I understand why this person, our main character, is not happy in it. 
And um, I just don't think that given the way film works with it is being visual storytelling, uh, despite the fact that there are lines of dialogue and t- conversations between characters being extremely important, like having someone talk directly at the audience like that yeah. for that length of time doesn't work. And I, I have written a lot of stories myself where I go through after the first draft and take that out. And like I know there's ways to, to sort that out. Yeah, the, the biggest the biggest thing with me was what I saw was it was mirroring visually it was mirroring everything that we were hearing. Mm-hmm. So you know he has this line I forget what it is exactly, but he goes you know people come to the oasis because of what they can do and they stay because of what they can be or something mm-hmm. like that. And and as we're doing it's painting this world this universe beautifully of him sliding down walking through this universe and literally through the window like telling us metaphorically like through the window these guys are actually living the lives that they want to live you see this really really scrawny kid he's being a boxer as he's walking through and then you see another girl who's a little bit on the heavier side and she's a pole dancer and she's probably you know super fit and sexy inside of that world you see these people living out their idealized versions of what their life could be and that's all I need to understand. Like when, if this was just silence, like I don't think movies take advantage of silence enough because, no. because when, when I'm looking at this, if this was just a silent scene and I'm only hearing ambient noise from his, from his surroundings, he's walking by and I'm, I'm hearing the crinkling and the crunching of just like this, this like, like houses just stacked on top of one another. Mm-hmm. And I see it's just a miserable setting, but people having the time of their lives inside because they're completely cut off from reality. Right. That paints everything that I need in order to understand what's what's about to happen within this like respective mm-hmm. universe. Yeah. Um, so that, that that's what I thought about the intro, and then honestly, I thought that was the low point of the movie, and it just got better from yeah. there. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. It started off really, really kind of uh, just meh, and then like somewhere around the forty-minute mark, I was like, I started to like the characters because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. they were developed more where they should have been developed earlier, but they were developed pretty well by the middle of the movie, somewhat like that, started to like the characters and then kind of went up from there. When, when I started being like, okay, I'm a little invested now, was when I found, uh, we met Wade, I believe that was his, his name, Wade, Wade the main character. Wade character. Yeah. Yep, yep. Um, when Wade met, met up with his best friend. H, right? Yes, yeah, H. H. Yeah. Um, and they're in, uh, spoiler alert, her um, factory, you see the Iron Giant, you see everything like that, and uh, I was just like, oh, this is this is cool. Like, mm-hmm. I, I like this. See, that's one thing I, I really liked about that character, H, is that this is a, seems to be a world where you can you can really just materialize anything out that you want to. You can customize it. I There's some gameplay. You have to earn coins and stuff to build up to things. But what I really liked about H in that moment is this is a character who's choosing to be in the digital world and, like, play games, but also to physically, digitally build things. Mm. And that's what I really liked about that character I think became my favorite character in the movie is because they're choosing to spend their time in something that should be escapism, but like performing another craft. Yeah. She was she was definitely my favorite part of the movie. Mm. Now that I'm now that I'm thinking about it. H, like she yeah. was H was my favorite part of the whole movie. Right. I think I think her scenes between where uh, she's in the game, and for most of the movie, we think this is a, a male character because the avatar is male and has a male voice. And then when you actually see her in real life, I actually that was a really great payoff. It yeah. it could be seen as like a little bit tropey, but I thought that you know there's nothing wrong with tropes. 
a lot of the time. Like, if you earn them, they're great. And, you know, there's only, I don't know, there's there's hundreds of ways or thousands of ways to tell a story, but, you know, eventually you we've kind of seen them all. Yeah. And I think that uh, I think that the way they did that with that character really earned that beat. So I, I really enjoyed it. Yeah, that was the when her reveal, when you know she, uh, you know you see her and she's a girl. She's kind of like a little tough looking. She's black. You 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 don't mm-hmm. you really didn't see it coming. But what was so great is that the writing was on the wall. The with that little uh, line that she delivered to Wade to be like fake. He, she could live in the he could live in the Bronx. It could be a dude. It could be this. It's just like she's actually talking about her because right. she knows that this can be deceiving because she's deceiving people. Yeah. Um, and through the voice, you could tell that that was a girl's voice. Like when I was hearing it, I'm like, there's something about this voice. I wasn't like, that's a girl, but I was just like, there's something going on with her voice. Like something's going on with it. Like it is. Yeah. This isn't just like a male's character's it's voice. Kind of like a almost like. Like, uh, no, I don't want to say that she's trying to be someone she's not, but sure. I picked up on something that was not quite the character. Yeah. And well, I know it, what you mean. Is yeah. it unfair to say that she's trying to be someone she's not when she's portraying herself as uh, a male character and doesn't want people to know that she's... I mean, maybe that's who she is. Like, I mean, if you want to go down that in road. Here. Yeah. I, don't know yeah. if, I don't know if I could just, like... In terms of her character, I think she wasn't trying to come across as male. I think she was trying to come across as strong and capable. Right. Yeah. As she wasn't like, I'm a man. You know what I mean? I, I, think, yeah. I think it was more about being in charge and being – it was more about, like, what was in here than what yeah. was here. You know what I mean? I think. But, like, I think the fact that those ideas are, like, typically male when you had uh, the, the love interest of the character, whose name I am forgetting now. Justin, can we, can we get those names real quick? Oh, God. Oh, it's because they're all forgettable. Yeah. Who? <laughs> uh, the, the love interest... Is it B um, or Z is her avatar name? Love interest of Wade. Oh, man. Uh, Samantha. Samantha. What was, her, what was her avatar? Yeah. Artemis? Artemis. That's right, yeah. But, uh, oh, yeah, because Z is short for whatever Wade's avatar's name is. Yeah. I'm only realizing that this movie uses names in which are not, like, findable. Like, who's H? It all made sense. H though. is the, um, the like, is best H Helen? The, yeah, yeah, Helen, yeah, yeah. Arch? The best friend of. Because, like, I'm, Wade. like, looking through it, I'm just like, there's, you, you're saying H, and I'm like, uh, it seems H. bulky, but yeah, when, yeah, you're, when you're watching the movie, it, it works. Yeah. It doesn't, it's not confusing but when I you're watching. I clearly see, it. I yeah. understand. Yeah. So yeah. we have, um, so, so we talked about her. Um, we see the message from a dead Halliday. Um, explaining, uh, you know, uh, a pretty standard like, and I've hidden puzzles, oh, and I've like done this, this. <laughs> and I've done. Oh, I liked him. I loved yeah. his characters. I liked Halliday. Wayne's World meets like. Yeah, I mean, Wayne's yeah. World. <laughs> it was yeah, Wayne's World meets yeah. Wayne's. It was um, no, I liked him, and I thought that it was very true to. I thought it was true to. That, that's how it is. Like you have these kind of, kind of guys that kind of don't feel. Like they belong, you know what I mean, and that's why cons are so great because you go in and you're just like, oh, you know, I, f- I feel like I belong with all these people. We're all like minded. So I think I think James Halliday was kind of a tragic figure because if you saw like when we get to see flashbacks, like he's really into games like like Pong and adventure, like things that are like less than eight bit. I love that. Yeah, which is a very cool retro feel that adds to the game, but. The whole product, like, 60% of this movie takes place in the Oasis, and, like, that field is just so broad, and this guy created all of that. 
So he almost seems like a, a tragic character to me, and I want to know if you guys agree with that because of that spectrum. Do you agree? I don't think he's dead. Really? Yeah, because, you know, the end of the movie, we know, we, who thinks he's dead? Who thinks he's alive? There was, a, there was an ambiguity to the ending yeah. where it's just like, what are, like, what are you? Like, why aren't you your avatar right I think now? He's, I think he's part of the living game. I mean, I haven't read the book, but I think he's part of the living game. There is a sequel to the book. I don't know anything about the written works, but I, I kind of got the feeling like maybe he uploaded his consciousness. That's, yeah, that's like, what I was what, thinking. What if that's the last thing he did where it's like, okay, like you, you guys have spent all your lives in the Oasis. I've spent all my life gaming. Let's continue that forever. Like, Why would I want to go to like some heaven I've never believed in? I think it would be really fair. cool if he was like the guide throughout like another series. Like, I know he was a wizard in, in the Oasis, mm-hmm. and I don't want to really compare that to Harry Potter and, like, and uh, not Gandalf, that's Lord of the Rings. Dumbledore. Same, same idea, Dumbledore. Yeah. But, like, this could be, like, a five or six, you know, we could see five or six movies out of this, and if Jeez. they go that route, I would probably be happy with it. How cool know. would that be to actually progress through this, but not, like, just, like, oh, they're all different adventures of this guy between his 20s and 40s and his love interest, but be, like... If you get three movies of this, and like the last movie deals with like dying and then becoming a part of the Oasis as your afterlife, that'd be pretty crazy. Because that would make Halliday wouldn't that kind of essentially make him God? I mean, like he made the world that people are playing in, and if people can the God of the Oasis, it, yeah, yeah and, yeah, and if he's all, all living, like first, obviously, like if you yeah. shut the game down with the button, I mean, yeah. he's gone, but. These theories are way cooler than this movie. Yeah. <laughs> um, so so we so we got the message from Halliday. Everyone's just like, all right, and the, you know, he's going and he's trying to learn as much as he can so he can solve these puzzles. Um, and then when things really start to pick up is when we have um, the race. Yep. What what did you guys think of the race? The sequence uh, that also introduces uh, that's where H first comes into play and that's where Artemis first comes into play. Mm-hmm. What, what what did you guys think of the race? I liked it. I liked it. I liked right. most of the challenges. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I I didn't have a problem with it. Did you have a? No, I enjoyed it. I um, yeah, I thought it was awesome. It was I mean, so. There's so, there's been. Go ahead. Are we talking about the first race where uh, our hero uh, Z, aka Wade, the doesn't very finish? First, the very first. Race. Okay. Introducing okay. the race. So what I liked about that was one, it showed off a lot of cool stuff, and then two, um, it does seem like maybe it was a tropey moment for him to stop this woman that he doesn't know from. Sure. Well, he knows he he knows her from her Twitch stream, right? So he knows of her. So one thing I kind of like about that is too is like I feel with the way YouTube and Twitch and these mediums are working is that people do feel a real empathetic connection and uh, such with these these streamers, and I I feel that myself with a couple of people I follow, and so I I really did buy that he wouldn't want her to get hurt, and I also like I think it's a very good thing for a hero to have empathy. I think it's a great motivation for stories across pretty much any medium, but I also I think the way a lot of things are going on in the real world today, empathy is a trait that's really being left out of the way. And I don't know if digital media interactions are affecting that or not, but I like the idea that someone in such an immersed digital world where it would be so easy to ignore people and not think of them as real people to still have empathy, that's a hero I do want to root for. Sure. Yeah. I liked the biggest thing that this... Because before I even saw, before I even saw this movie, I started hearing a lot of backlash about like, oh, it's just like nostalgia candy. It's just like bait, nostalgia, all this type of stuff. Um, 
the nostalgia and the, the nods and the Easter eggs to stuff, it didn't bother me. And the reason why it didn't bother me was because it was ambient. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like, it would have bothered me if, because, for example, um, Wade shows up in the DeLorean from Back to the Future. They so loved it. They didn't <laughs> say anything about it. He just showed up in it. It would have been really, really dumb if H then went, whoa, that's the DeLorean from Back to the Future. And I would have been like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Th thank you. We know. But the fact that it was just there and they yeah. didn't reference the fact that it was the DeLorean from the Back to the Future, that is a, that's a nod. Mm -hmm. Like that, that's what I liked. So the fact that it wasn't so on the nose about all of these things, like, yeah, yeah they threw it in your face, but nothing was on the nose. They, mm -hmm. they were never, the only thing was, uh, whoa. Is that an Iron Giant? And I'm like, yeah, it's yeah, it's from the movie Iron Giant. I mean, you know what I mean? I that love was the Iron Giant. It was the so first so big. No, I know. I didn't mind. Saw, I didn't so. mind. I'm just saying that's the only time that they did that. Yeah. And I didn't now now um, and I'm not I'm not a, a huge anime fan. Gundam. No, 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 not not Gundam. I went. I freaked out when I saw that. Truthfully, yeah, um, tsunami kids. When <laughs> no, uh, Artemis's motorcycle. Oh, it's uh, was from a famous anime. Akira, right? Yes. Yeah. Oh, shit. I don't watch anime, but I know yeah. what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So both of those now. things, in the same exact thing, they were they weren't like, whoa, I know her from her Twitch stream, and she's got the thing from from Akira. That's so awesome. Like if that, then I would have been like, God, this movie. You know what I mean? Yeah. But it never did that, and I appreciated that. So when I did see the, when I did see King Kong. When I did see the Tyrannosaurus Rex from Jurassic Park, they didn't bother me because they weren't like, you must get past King Kong and you also must get past the T-Rex from, directed by Steven Spielberg, and from Jurassic <laughs> Park. You know what I mean? Like it never, it never felt that way. Listen, sweetheart, I'll have a mango iced tea, shaken, not stirred. Um, <laughs> but there's an American dad reference, but, um, yeah, so I liked it, but then he goes back and he he finds a super obvious silly clue from from the mm -hmm. the the archives of of his memories of right. Halliday's memories, yeah. and then it's like backwards, and he goes, "What if we go backwards?" And I was like, yeah. "All right." That was a little bit of a stretch. <laughs> yeah, I was, I was like, like I was kind of like, "What kind of a space cadet figures this shit out?" Like, and just. What kind of weed is he smoking? But, like, didn't that seem just like a big joke that's, like, intentionally there as, like, not like a middle finger, but, like, huh? Because he's driving a DeLorean. So to go backwards in the car from Back to the Future, where in which they originally go to the past. I wonder if that was, like, a plan. I yeah. No, I didn't, I didn't. I'm not sure if I it was planned. Think I'm thinking of it right now as we're talking about it. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know if we can give the movie that much credit. That's pretty clever. That is probably, that's probably what they thought. But Maybe? if, like, if it was that, know. that's really good. Like, no, that's fun. no one's read the book, right? None, None of us have read the book, no. I have been meaning to I just it. wonder if that's, like, a Spielberg, like, team clever thing or if it's a book thing. I don't know. Well, I'll tell you what. When, when he did go backwards and, he, mm -hmm. and you, uh, you saw him and he was essentially underneath the entire race. I was like, oh, this is cool visually. And then it ended very anticlimactically. Kind of. And then it was like spin move, and it's like, hey, you won. I'm like, oh, that's it? And then everybody else fucking was like, let me bandwagon win also. Yeah, exactly. like, so I think that yeah. was a bad movie. To, uh, that was like a bad move to have for your beat because like you want, that kind of ends our first act is him making that key. And like you want to do something cool for the break into two where you're going to be doing a lot of cool action stuff and they're going to yeah. do a lot of eggs. But I think like, 
sort of like from a writing standpoint, it kind of fits that like it's anticlimactic because you just backed your way out of all of the hard parts of the race, which is 99.9999% impossible, if not 100% impossible. So I thought that kind of worked. Yeah. I would have liked to see some like Super Mario pipes and shit because like always yeah. Yeah. They, they couldn't get that. Ahead. Did they get any Nintendo? They could in the not movie, get that license. No, no. Way. probably legally. No way. Um, I don't but, know. Yeah. Nintendo's pretty nice, but still probably. So that would have been cool. There's like, yeah, and it was moving through, got some coins. Um, but all right, so they end. Artemis gets it. H gets it. Um, and then another character that we don't get to know until uh, seven eighths through the movie. Yeah, uh, Samurai dude. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and the kid, the, yeah, the younger the, kid. We, that's we end the Samurai up, dude. Then, then, no. there's, then there's another one. The there's Samurai is an adult. The ninja is a kid. He's like eleven. Yeah. yeah sure. Get your. I mean, they're the same thing. Get your thing, Asian stereotype. That right, might have dude. been blended together. Yeah, <laughs> in your head, they're just yeah. ninja and Samurai are the same. You should have known that, Bobby, because those are both alternate face classes for D and D. Dude, well, sure, but <laughs> the fact that they're both Asian. Oh, yeah, that stereotype. Yeah. A little, Wait, were little on the nose. I mean, they were both Asian, and it was like, we're going to have a samurai and a ninja. Get two, get two Asian actors pronto. Yeah. And they need to speak Japanese, too. So right. that was a little confusing, because now that I think of it, I'm a little confused at which character is which. <laughs> yeah. And in, in, in the Oasis, obviously. Like, sure, sure, Obviously, sure. like, 11-year-old kid looks different. Well, that's because they kid. were like, and then I eventually got it. And then H did. And then, uh, what are what yes. Yardimus, what's her name? Xanimus. Like what, what, what the hell's her name? Yeah. Artemis. And then <laughs> Artemis got it. <laughs> and then <laughs> Samus. Animus. Yeah. Samantha. Um, Samantha. And then she got it. And then these other guys got it. And yeah. then when they showed up to the uh, the next one... So why am I blanking on this movie right now? The whole thi- the, the the horror movie, the the whole the scene, Shining. The Shining, oh, the sh- yeah, oh. the the Shining. Oh, that so was that, that was a highlight of the overdone. movie. I think. Yeah. I think it was overdone. Oh, I actually really I enjoyed it. See, I thought it was kind of cool that they start with The Shining and you get to go through some of the the like hackneyed parts, and then um, it kind of like became like its own thing in with the the Shining being the background. So that was good. Why do you think it? When do you think it got overdone? I didn't just because like, it was so verbatim. I didn't like their choice to do the blood wall as like the thing that the big tough guy is scared of. Do you know what I mean? Oh oh oh! I was like, really? Oh, I thought it was kind of funny. I thought it'd be way better to just do something like way creepier with the hallway. Like, there's so many more creepy moments in that movie other than sure, the blood. Sure, sure, sure. Like, this is someone like who's they live like literally almost live in a video game, mm-hmm. and they're. This character H obviously kills a lot of shit. Yep. So this blood wall is terrifying. You know, is is terrifying for them. Yeah. No, you know? I see what you're saying. I, I I thought it was fun. He's like, have you seen The Shining? Is it scary? Yeah. And they're like, you've never seen The Shining? He goes, no. Is it scary? And I and I was just like, this is this is this is fun. Like this is this is funny. And so, I love that they took scenes like actual scenes from the movie. I, yeah. I thought it was fun. Sure, it was a little bit on the nose, but a little I, much. I enjoyed so it. So this might I be an insane like thought to put in, but uh, you guys know about infrasound? No. So a lot of uh, horror movies use something called infrasound, which has a measurement to a certain amount of hertz that I cannot for the life of me remember. But you can you can look it up right hertz. now. 20 hertz. Thank you. And Justin. it's a it's a sound level that is not you're not able to consciously hear it or discern it, 
but it creates a feeling of unease and tension, tension. and I think it raises your heartbeat. Oh, that's it's, super it's, interesting. It's the sort of sound wave that happens. Uh, it's the reason a lot of people feel that abandoned like churches or buildings are scary, which it can be huh. resulted through wind blowing through old pipes. And I think something just be like, if someone gets a readout, infrasound. Uh, that's so interesting. That someone gets a readout and be like, oh, why is there like a pickup of infrasound or something? And just a throwaway line is one of the characters. And that would like, for me, as a person who knows about that, would set a mood and be like, okay, so now I know going into this Shining level is that everyone is heightened because there's a, an a, a unhearable noise going through it that's making you that way. Are you saying they should have referenced it? I don't know if they should have referenced I don't know if there's a good way to reference it. Yeah, no, nobody. Like, none of you guys knew it. nerdy I just filmed a horror movie and I was shit. But it's an entire movie about video games, so I feel like if that's the cap for nerdy, come on. It's Steven Spielberg making a movie. He's a huge film nerd. Yeah, and he only had to direct 15 minutes of live action. And everything else was... What do you mean? You're making a joke, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But I don't know if it's a solid point, though. No, no, I'm saying literally like. He said he said some pretty (laughs) distasteful things about Netflix being not worthy of receiving Oscars on some retarded level. Why that? His Netflix nonsense is like insulting to the film industry. As if like Netflix is less than anything he's ever done. Because like if you've watched a Netflix original, you'd probably argue it's better than most of the. seen in movies in the last five years Mm -hmm. because Netflix is just willing to just money bag money into the the films they're they're grabbing. Netflix will go to people who have movies and buy them because they're good movies. Studios go to good directors and they say here's all this money oh but you have to do this movie this way this way this way this character has to be in here. Do you like are we aware that like all right this is a side note a little bit but like Cloverfield would have never even seen the light of day the, the third one? The new one. What's it called? Cloverfield Lane. Lane, Which we'll definitely have to make a podcast of for sure. I love that movie. But, like, it would have never seen the light of day if Netflix wasn't just like, we'll give it a chance, whatever. It's weird. And it truly is weird. Netflix picked that up when nobody would. Netflix also picked up Annihilation, which I really commend it for. But only in foreign There needs to be more movies like Netflix yeah, also weird. gives people, like, in our positions, a place to, like, set up and make movies, which is so, imp- like, really so important. And at the same time, like, I feel like there's such a high pressure to make a movie that's a hit after a hit after a hit. And I don't know if there's any other industry where it's, like, it's so not okay to fail once you get to a certain level. And, like, a big studio might only make for at least like five to seven major movies a year. And they're going to pack them with like superheroes and stuff. And not like, if you like superhero movies, that's great. Like personally, I have a little bit of franchise fatigue from superheroes and star Wars and all sorts of stuff. But like, I would just love that if some of those massive amounts of hundreds of millions and billions of dollars could go into so many other smaller projects. Yeah. Right. Because I think that like trying something new and failing at it, it's a really important step in making movies or art. Wasn't that truly the theme of like 2015, 16 of like, let's remake this franchise. Let's remake, remake this franchise. Let's remake this franchise. And then like eight that, that, that studio, it's still going, but like, it looks like in 2018, like a 24, the studio, a 24 is like <laughs> your trends. Let's make new movies. And if they fail, they fail. But if they win, let's win. Yeah. Because it seems like, like, the more trailers I see and the more new movies I see, 
they're just like exponentially better and they're they're unique plot lines. Yeah. I disinclude the Meg because the Meg is just Jaws the new Jaws movie. Not not but to go off track damn, anymore, I but I will say that like I've been wanting to see that movie Hereditary for so fucking long and they just keep fucking pouring on the same trailer on and on and again the fucking trailer every time I go see a movie and I Wait, what's I'm Hereditary just, about? It's a brief trailer. It, it, it so brief, briefly it's it's about a a a woman who has basically inherited tr- character traits and we don't know what else from her mother mother who passed. Yes, away. I saw that when a well, it doesn't matter. But I saw I saw the trailer. Uh, See, if, you need, good, if you need but, to know the um, definition, it's on too. My, like, I right have there. stopped watching trailers for movies that I want to see. Same. I'm on your boat. So, like, I think, like, this will definitely come up if this series continues or even if this podcast episode continues, is that Bobby does not like uh, The Last Jedi. No. And I actually had a decent time watching it because I didn't. I was on Media Blackout. I have the Unspoiler app on Chrome, the browser I use. I block out anything for Game of Thrones, and I block out anything for Star Wars and a couple other things. Yeah, you can do that. Yeah, it's, it's a really actually useful app for that. And I go into those movies totally blind. And then if I happen to see a, a different movie and a trailer comes up, I have to put my head, my hands in my ears and stick my head. I do that too. I do this. I do this. You know what really helps? Yeah. Not covering it, doing this. Yeah. If you Don't do you, that, you can't hear anything. Trailers are pretty deceiving. Don't you, but yeah, Not only are they there. deceiving, they give you everything. Yeah. The, 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 the art of trailers is no longer. Like, there yeah. used to be an amazing... Like, there used to be in a, like, an amazing art to trailers where it would hook you by essentially telling you nothing. And if you want, if you want a, a, an example of a flawless trailer, uh, check out the trailer and whole ad campaign for Ex Machina. Ex Machina was one of my favorite movies of all time. And I saw the trailer, and it was perfect. And I Another learned... A 24 film? I learned, I learned nothing. Nice. Oh, nice. Um, I didn't know that, but I learned nothing about the movie and I was interested and it was amazing, but I don't want to gush about that. We're about halfway through more than halfway through this podcast, only halfway through this movie, um, ready player one. So they get past that side note that I just wanted to notice before we, uh, I note before we, uh, go on past the shining portion. Um, there's the, the part where the, uh, lady's getting out of the tub. She's completely Mm -hmm. naked. H is in the room and she, uh, comes up and she goes, I'm going to just go with it. And she starts going in like she's about to hook up with this girl. And then I don't think people realize that it's like, oh, it's a girl. And yeah. I don't know. It's just like a cute yeah. little way to be like, hey, this is a lesbian. Going back, like, I don't know, I now it. it's, I get it. I, I, I get it. it. But I also, I mean, it's not really integral to the story, but I get oh, it. Oh, not at all. It but definitely I makes just, more I, sense. I just thought about it. I was just like, huh. do you she's have just going to have a go. Do you have to participate <laughs> in your own? Sure. Like when it's a game like that, is a sex scene or something like that just a reward? Or is it something that you have to be physically into and define your sexuality as a real-life player? Oh, my God. Because- we don't have time. We don't have time. That's like a moral that, thing. That's yeah. insane. Well, because I just know as, like, I played a lot of Dragon Age Origins back in the day, and uh, no matter what my character personality was or no matter what my character's gender or race or species was, I always ended up with Zevran for at least like 10 minutes because that guy will do anything. And that's just, it's just funny. They win. Um, uh, what's it called? Everyone leaves. Artemis is the one that gets it. She has to jump from platform mm-hmm. to platform. She ends up winning. Uh, everybody else does. Um, who we haven't talked about at all 
is the evil corporation that is trying oh, to right, win yeah. the Oasis for themselves. Oh, yeah. IOI, yes. Who, oh, what was it? IOI. IOI. Yeah. Uh, with their leader played by Ben Mendelsohn. Yeah, yeah who was director Krennic in Rogue One. Yeah. Another, yeah, another awesome. incredibly good villain. disappointing yeah. Star Wars movie. Yeah, I actually I looked him up afterwards because I thought he was fantastic in that movie. Mm-hmm. He did. He was uh, he was the villain in Animal Kingdom in the, the Australia. I don't know if anyone saw the Australian one. It won like Best Picture like four years ago. I don't know why. Five years ago, yeah. Um, it became a show. Um, Animal Kingdom, no anybody? Yeah. No. He's one of those actors though. I think that just like chews through scenery. Yeah. Like when he's in it, like he's the person you want to watch. Yeah. Yeah, I like him. I think he he got he. He worked as this corporate lead. Um, mm. I, I bought it. You know yeah. what I mean? Um, and I, I bought that. I, I liked a little bit. I liked the exchange that he had with Wade where he was like, listen, I'm going to do this. And when, and when I do this, I like to kick back with a little blah, blah, blah and play blah, blah, blah. I forget what he said. But um, Wade came back and was like, a little bit of character came out of Wade in this moment where I was like, oh, I think I'm starting to like this kid and then nothing else ever happened. But um, he was like, oh, I know you got your, uh, your your counsel in your ear right now and I know they're telling you to say all that stuff. And I was like, oh, he's smart. Yeah. And then you you go back and he's like, yeah, but blah, blah, blah. He goes, yeah, I know you got them in your other ear. And I'm just like, oh my God, he's smart. He's cunning. He's going to get them. Yeah. Um, and then that was it. But that small little brief exchange I thought was fun. Um, and essentially, IOI was a corporation dedicated to solving these puzzles, ma- kind of failing miserably mm-hmm. because uh, you know they were out of touch, like incredibly out of touch yeah. with what gamers actually – like any corporation. You know it what I mean? They were, they like were Pepsi. And you know what I mean? It was just yeah. – it, it was not there. Um, and I got it. And around this time, I believe, is when – um, oh no, we got to talk about the um, the other character, the other bad guy. Can we talk about how brilliant T.J. Miller is? I thought he was funny. So funny! Oh my god, he's so I I, I, I love like him. him as a person, but in the in that movie, I liked him. I've maybe it's like I just haven't seen enough of his stand up, but like I've seen him show up in movies, and like one like this isn't a fair comment. I just don't like his voice. He is the most cringe-worthy person I've ever met, and I love Silicon Valley to the end of this you world. I haven't seen what? Silicon Valley. I, I did wear that. I did. All right. You are infamous. So I met T.J. Miller in an elevator. No, I've never met T.J. Miller. I just suck at speaking. I love, I love T.J. Miller. I thought he was really funny in this role. I'm, I'm going to wear it. I thought he was really funny when he was, what did he say? He, he goes, how are you? He goes, yeah, well, I got this neck thing. It might be a, <laughs> and I just, yeah. I just thought it was so funny. And then like, they called it back like 25 minutes later and they're like, how are you doing? He goes, I don't know, man, I'm going to need physical therapy. And I just thought it was really funny. And I really wish he was in it more. Like, I wish he was more of a, I wish he was in the movie more. I wish he had some like genuinely threatening moments because he was a, he was a treacherous-looking character, so yeah. I wish that they balanced his uh, treachery with with humor a little bit more. I think they're going for the contrast. Oh, one hundred percent. I was thinking. I would love him yeah. to like actually show up and intimidate Wade and in the, in the rest of the thing, yeah. and then find out that he's kind of a goofball. Like I just yeah. wanted more of him because I thought he was funny, we and I thought really this character design was him. fun. He didn't like. We didn't really learn about. He was him. just there. Yeah. I only liked him because it was T.J. Miller. He's a Miller. bit character. 
he yeah. he sets up the force field. He around with the the main character sometimes, and he does a few funny jokes. I that was probably a really good use of him in that role. I just like I said, I just really do not like T.J. Miller, so yeah. I think I'm just biased. I did not like him in in some something where he was like live action. I just don't like him as Deadpool. a person. Yeah. Oh. oh, oh my! The more is you read about, cool? yeah. yeah, he's the, he's the he's like the supporting. He's like Wade's friend. His he's name's Wade's Weasel, and that's he's very the appropriate. One who named Deadpool. He's like, now I'm gonna lose to blood? Deadpool. Is he? He's in the bar. Yeah, he's, yeah, the bar he's bartender. So, okay, so he just looks. And then he's. Okay. The I think that's just his face. <laughs> he's the he's the only. <laughs> <laughs> you really hate him, don't you? I just like I I. He just like was it? Someone sent me the person I saw Ready Player One was sent me a link and it's like, oh, he called it. He got drunk and called in a fake bomb threat on a woman he just didn't like on the train. Oh, I saw about that. And I was like, that's a shit thing to do. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't look into it. But yeah. I also saw the Emoji Movie like two weeks ago, so maybe that had something to do with it too. That's, but he's in it. He's the star of the Emoji Movie. Oh man. And I think it's it's probably his best performance. Oh, that's low. Damn. Anyway. That's something I won't even touch. So he, yeah, we're, no one's touching that. Um, so at this point, and they go to this party. Mm-hmm. They go to the big, they go to the big party. He's dressing up like Bucky, Buckeye, Burly, Bucka, Bucka. Oh, the dance club. The anti yep. dance club. Yeah. yeah. What, what did he dress up as? It was... Uh, something from an anime he watches or something. Or games, fact, or check this. Uh, what did Wade, Wade dress up as Buckeye when he went to the party? Buckaroo or something? But yeah. Bonsai. Bonsai yeah. I, I think Buckaroo's... I would, I would put like a dollar Sorry, down right now that the, whatever this character yeah. he was imitating was was played by John Cusack. We just like friends. We don't know this friend. Um, <laughs> but, but he goes, he buys with all of his new money, uh, his newfound riches, he mm-hmm. buys... Uh, how am I supposed to find that? I don't know, man. It's that fine. Is like obscure. It's fine. It's obscure. It's but the obscure. Ready Player One, Buckaroo Bonsai. We already know. We already know. We it's, already it's, know. It's, it's, they it's, they know. We already know. Uh, we already know. Well, they, yeah. know. they know a thing or two. No about one, thing or two. Literally, no one cares. Oh, it's fine. It's fine. He buys a new suit that allows him to kind of like, he can feel everything now. Like his whole body is able to feel like any, any players touching him or hitting him or anything like yeah. that. And then there's the that scene, the, the, <laughs> the boner like, suit. You're paying for the rest of it really, to feel in your boner. You're really paying for that. I'm pr- and I'm pretty sure at one point Samantha like or Artemis or she did. Yeah, it just like, like, can you feel that? Like she did not touch swing. His she, did. she did not. She basically crush his did. Crush. And then the entire movie was just blue balls. It was here. <laughs> not that I she watched. touched her here. <laughs> and it was. I remember going back because it like lit up slightly. It got yeah. a little bit. It got a little bit intense. It was. It was okay. It was sexy. It was a okay. Sexy moment. What a terrible design idea for the makers of the suit that would make it light up externally. Because like if you're playing this and someone walks into your room and you're like touching down here or a place where you don't want people to walk in on you touching, you're like. I know exactly what you're doing. That's gross. At least if it doesn't light up externally, you can play it off as something I, else. I like to think that he was <laughs> push-ups. Push-ups? Yeah. yeah. That's what it was. Tenacious D. <laughs> and the power slide. We are, we're, we're really going downhill here. So we, uh, we get what I think um, is another... I will say that this is another low point in the movie is when he confesses his love to her after knowing her for like a day or two. On the internet. 
Yeah, I, I was, I was I like, relate. when he was just like, I'm falling in love with you, I, I audibly, I was, what? Yeah. Not even in a kid's movie do I buy that. Like, say like, I want to re- meet in real life, or my name's Wade. Like, that's, saying that is believable, because he's just like, oh, he's a kid, and he's finding love, and, and he's, he's becoming vulnerable, and he wants to share it when he thinks he knows her, but really doesn't. And that's that with me was enough. You're like, yeah, I want to meet you in real life. My name's Wade, and she's like, whoa, like why? They didn't need this love drop, like way too heavy handed. And and I I, I just thought I was, yeah. th- this is this is ridiculous. And that would have worked with just the name thing because we see that one, it has consequences because people are able to grab him and find his real life identity because of that, and then yep. blow up his only living family. Yep. And then two, it's just a, a huge social taboo. Yes. And it would have been enough, but they, they just took it. They just took it too yeah. far. Um, they crash the place. Uh, IOI ends up trying to to, uh, to capture them or kill them. Even I'm not really even sure what their ultimate goal was, but um, they end up finding out who it was. I think T.J. Miller, T.J. Miller's character, was the one who found it out. Um, and then, and then right after that is when he actually meets uh, Artemis in real life. And that was another point in the movie where I thought it was a little bit distasteful. The whole movie they were building up, um, she was like, nope, this isn't my body. This isn't my hair. This isn't my face. This isn't it. And then I'm just like, oh, this girl must be like totally different or have something happen to her where she is... She is ashamed of who she is, or you know, she's she's afraid to to show herself to the to the real world. Mm-hmm. And then you meet her, and she's beautiful. Yeah, she has a scar. And you she can't has. See an it's lighting. not. It's not a scar. It's like a slight, like light red birthmark that's not jarring at all. Yeah. And I'm just like, that. Like they're teaching people that they should be afraid. Like, yeah. You gotta like. I'm not saying make her just like this fugly, like just like a disgusting character, but I'm saying she needs to be, she, there needed to be something more to find out that she was ashamed when she was just like this gorgeous redhead who like with a nice body, you know what I mean? I was just like really like this, like this small little thing that could be seen as kind of endearing and fun. She wasn't, there's nothing wrong with her. No, they were. It sh- I mean, I'm not saying that there should have been something else wrong with her, but like, I feel like I, you're right that they made it, they played it out like such a bad thing, and it wasn't even a bad thing. And no. it's like, I feel like if you're going to play that angle, why don't relate to more people? Yeah. I mean, you could yeah. keep the actress. I thought she did a fine job in her role. Just like keep the actress, just make the scar like an actual sort of thing you can't unsee. Yeah, because. In some of the actual shots, the way they're lit or the way the makeup is set up, I don't know what it is. You don't notice it. And, like, you would see from their, all the action shots she's doing later in the movie when she's running through IOI and doing all sorts of stunts and stuff. Like, you wouldn't really notice it as much then, but, like, it might as well stand out so it's, like, it's an actual thing you'd be, like, ashamed of. Yeah. Something I, yeah, I just found it distasteful. Yeah. And, um, but she was bland. So they came up with a scene that was kind of semi-clever where they uh, tricked director Krennic into thinking he was in the Oasis or thinking he was in real life when he was actually in the Oasis. I like that bit. Um, I thought that was clever. That was fun. That was fun. Um, I gotta be honest. I recently did virtual reality for the first time. It was incredible. What'd you play? 
Um, or View. What did you play or View? I played uh, Fruit Ninja, which was amazing. Oh, that sounds awesome. Reasonable. So awesome. And then there was also this other... It was Data something. Data something. It was me and another guy, and we were killing a room filled with uh, robots. It was so cool. It was so fun. Uh, but the point is, when I was wearing it, it was incredibly obvious I was wearing it. Mm. This is way future, though. I mean, there's still a headset. You can still feel a headset Yeah, on but you. how do you know? How do... Cause how do you know? We're talking 2040. I'm not ruling out that, that there's like feeling suppressors to make you so you feel like you're not wearing something. Okay, well, I'll buy you know that. I mean? Plus, I'll how long that. is your average VR session currently? Like, if you go for I think a certain amount of time, eventually you just your body would just adjust to it. I mean, like, and that's just my experience playing. Sorry, guys. Really, <laughs> Mr. Phones off. Everything else is muted except fucking <laughs> alarm. Total silence. Sorry guys. But like I remember like we this Guitar Hero wasn't even VR and I remember getting off of that and I would like look at the wall and the wall would be like Ooh. Yeah, 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 So yeah, like yeah, your you. your body will adjust to things like that. So I think like that was I'd give that a plausible. Sure. How? I just thought I was like He didn't know. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like he didn't know. Can you but guys it was cool. It was cool. Help me figure out how did so he saw a reflection on the device that he was in? That gave away that he was in a simulation? How did that work? I didn't understand that. I don't know. You remember that? Yeah, he saw, he catches something. Um, I guess it's kind of hard to remember, like, if he's in a, because he has a big pod that his containment unit is. And I don't remember if he's out of the pod and he's, like, moving around, like, some kind of, like, trackpad, like other players have. Yeah. Or if he's just stationary the whole time. He was stationary in the chair. Yeah, he was just See, that's what, if he's stationary and he's and not he moving. he kept his friggin' password. Right, like, like an 80-year-old, like, it was... That was a I long was like, password. I would need a password So, like we just found an Easter egg, though, seriously. Because if he's wearing goggles, mm -hmm. how is he seeing a reflection if he can't see anything that isn't VR? That's a good question. We are going to need to watch be, the movie again. Yeah, we just got it. We got to right? be missing something. I, I don't know. I, I actually forget how it worked, but I yeah. do remember. I do remember the thing, but I, I honestly just completely forget how how it worked and how they pulled it off. Yeah. I, I just, I just don't know. But beyond that, that we head awesome. to our, we head to our final battle, mm -hmm. and this is where all of these nostalgic figures start to show up and. Um, there's some payoffs. Yeah. Um, what did you guys think of the of the last kind of climactic battle scene? I liked it. I said, right as it happened, when the Iron Giant is going in, I was like, the Iron Giant dies, I'm going to scream in this theater. <laughs> and the Iron Giant died, and I screamed, and it was school vacation when I saw it, so a bunch of like 12, 13, 14-year-olds turned around and looked at me like I was the dumbest person in the world. Don't even know the Iron Giant. Yeah, and I was like, you turned the it's the same way I felt when I went to Toy Story 3, like the year I graduated high school and was going to college, and Andy was graduating and going to college, and then a bunch of three-year-olds were crying because whatever reason in the theater, like, this is not for you. Get over it. Children. <laughs> I, uh, the Iron Giant, I was just waiting. I, I mean, I don't know if I, I'm alone here, but the fact when the Iron Giant, I was just waiting for the dent to come out, mm -hmm. like it does in the movies, and him to just go and go machine like just just full on like death machine I was just like something's gonna happen where the iron giant has the dent in his head just go 
and then he's gonna eventually just go crazy and he's gonna like morph and and it's gonna oh, yeah. be so sick yeah. and i was just waiting for it because this is the perfect the most perfect time to do this yeah and it never happened and that was a huge letdown for me i would have loved i would have loved that as a fan of the iron giant but at the same time it's like that's too much time you're spending on like one fan base of all these characters that are in there and it's a bit piece it's what it's not one fan base it's the it's the audience that these guys are trying to it's the audience that's like saying this movie spends too much time on 80s and 90s nostalgia but there was a lot going on that like there was mecha godzilla there's spartans there were the characters from mortal Kombat. there were the iron giant takes down ends up taking down the uh the giant mecha godzilla right yes no a gundam Fights right, that. the Gundam. But Gundam fights that, but then he fails, okay. and he and he gets smaller, and then the Iron Giant comes back in, punches Might it one yeah. last time, and then creates the bridge. Oh yeah, and then he falls. Uh, and then the he falls in the lava. And he's got the uh, women. the the thumbs up. Yeah, he does the Terminator thumbs up. Yeah, that was cool. Um, but yeah, so that was that was cool. I think there was room um, for that though. I think there was room for that that. It could have been thirty seconds. It could have been like his motive. Yeah. Okay. So thinking about that way, it could have been like his thing where, like, when he comes back and fights Mechagodzilla and finishes him off, the giant could have popped out and he could have changed his eye. It could have been. It could have been really cool. I just feel like it was a missed opportunity. I I was really looking forward to that. It was just one of those things in my head where it's just like, this is predictable, but I can't fucking wait for this predictable thing to happen. Like, please happen. Um, But. I really, the only moment in the movie where I was sitting there like, oh my God. <laughs> the only time that that happened in the movie was when um, he, this dude was meditating. I'm like, what are you doing? Like, help your friends. And then he was just like, all right, I'm going Gundam. And I was just like, oh my God, this is so cool. <laughs> and then he came back and the Gundam looked awesome. Yeah, he looked really, really good. Bad. Like visual, like really visually pleasing. And um, I loved it. I mean, was it a bad or a good thing that when he shrunk down and he didn't, I was just like, damn it. Like, I didn't want him to shrink. I wanted more. Um, but does that mean that they didn't stick with it long enough? Or does that mean that they did a great job? You, you know what I mean? I, I, I don't really know. I think you have I to like segment it. out in a movie like this what you're going to use and where. And I think it could yeah. be the same reason that the Iron Giant didn't get to pop the dent out of his head. And it's just a misstep. Yeah, right? that's I, I, th- yeah. I, want I think it was balanced. That. I wanted to see it, but I think it was balanced. Right. No, but, but I, really, I really liked it. I really enjoyed it. And while we're on the topic of things looking good, um, when I saw the preview of this movie, I mm. thought it was just going to be a CGI shitstorm. Mm. I really liked it. I, I liked the visuals. I, I thought that yeah. at no point was I just like, ugh. Like, it wasn't like X-Men Apocalypse. Like, it wasn't just like this siege. Just like, it was good. I wasn't consistently reminded that I was watching a special effect. I, I thought that the the, the, mm. the CGI, it, it looked solid. I, yeah. No no complaints. One thing I did I did note about this, and, and it's kind of something I noted about all Spielberg movies, all Spielberg movies have the same kind of uh, score. All yeah, of them. sure. Um, I at first I was like, I don't like this, but then I got into it. and I was like, you know, what? this is a Spielberg movie. This is a Spielberg score. It works. Mm-hmm. So I ended up liking it. But I did realize that literally, no matter what the movie, well, maybe not Schindler's List. Um, all Spielberg movies have roughly the same score, yeah, or the same style right. score, same guy actually. Yeah, it's Most- funny. Uh, we're talking about Spielberg because I knew it was Spielberg. Uh, he was going to direct him? it. Well, I knew it was, no, I said I knew it was Spielberg who directed the movie. And then uh, 
when we got to the end, the credits were playing. It was like a film by Steven Spielberg. I was like, all right, Spielberg did this. And I was like, nah. <laughs> like, the movie's, I think, like, the movie was, like, fine on its own. We've already discussed its problems. Like, it has that. And then, like, for Spielberg, like, I usually really like Spielberg movies. He does have his, his tropes and his go-tos, but he is very good at making movies. And I feel like because this was such a thing where, like, he wasn't, like, there with a monitor and a camera... It just fell flat. It, like it doesn't feel like one of his movies, and putting his name on it, I feel it like it's kind of a disappointment. Wait, so explain yeah. that a little bit. Like, Steven Spielberg is good at taking stories and just bringing you through them. Like Saving Private Ryan, I think is one of my favorite ones of his movies. I've seen it a bunch, and it's a very like it's an over dramatized account of what happened. Uh, it's not really that realistic. I think it's based loosely on a historical account mm-hmm. of something that the army did to save face. But um, it, it pulls a lot out of a little bit. Yeah. And it, it adds a very grandiose, like, human connection to it. And I think that's what Steven Spielberg is really good at. And maybe it's just because it was, was so much digital. But it just felt like maybe I couldn't connect with the characters because they were digital. And also because you're creating this in a digital world and don't have a camera in front of it, it feels like less of the director's personality is involved. Yeah. Oh, sure. I mean, I agree with that. I feel like no matter... If you're primarily a live-action director mm-hmm. and then move to a movie that's 15% live-action, I think anyone would have that issue. It's, but I agree. It's hard, though. It's, it's, I have to agree that it, it's hard um, to develop a character where, you, like you said, you know nobody wants to see this shit real world. They yeah. just want to see the Oasis. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of hard to develop that character and not lose people right away. But I feel like they could have found a better way. He also could have been interesting and good. This, this is true. Like, he could have, like, instead of figuring out how to make this character better, why not just make him not Like there, there Not been... to say that the actor was bad, because the actor did a pretty good job. It's just his character was not written. I think well. it was interesting. Was he lot. also played Cyclops in the X-Men Apocalypse movie. Yep. And... The entire movie, he was wearing a thing over his eyes, and then yeah. in this movie, the entire time he was wearing a thing over his eyes. I'm just like, he's just oh, the, he's just like Type the guy you now. get. You're never gonna get yeah. out of it. Like he's the guy you yeah, get you know, you when you really need, need a him. thing. You don't really need him when you don't need you know, an actor's face. In the, in the <laughs> <laughs> that's that's a rough uh, line of work for someone like that. It's, it's not, not his fault. fault. He's getting work, guys. He's getting work. But um, so anyway, um. We're going in, so, so they, the, the um, corporation is putting this spell over um, that lasts like one, the two orb. thousand years the or whatever, T.J. Uh, Miller said. Yeah, yeah. I, I thought that was hilarious that he, he, when he was making the dig at uh, the IOA guy, saying you, you, don't even, you can't even name a magic spell, or you, can't even, you don't even know a magic item, yeah, or yeah, something yeah. like that. I yeah. thought it was pretty funny. It was, yeah, I mean, it's accurate. It, it, accurate in, on many different levels. Um, but, you know, one of the things that I can't stand, I can't stand when movies get this, is um, silly little continuity errors like this. When they play it back, I'm just like, how could you possibly miss that? There's a scene in this movie that plays twice. I don't know if you guys picked up on it. No. There's a scene uh, in the IOI. Um, they're talking, and this main character goes, all right, that's not it. He fell through the ice. 
they play that identical scene. Oh, they keep twice. saying it. We and, and no, they don't keep that. saying it. They play the same scene. Are you twice. serious? I'm a thousand percent. In a two certain. and a half hour movie, they played the same scene twice. Yep. That it was movie a short was two and a half hours. What? Really? Two and a half? It was pretty long. That's long. Where two. Did my life go? Two. I don't know. Anyway, I just can't. It was like two ten. <laughs> like if down, you. Weirdos. If you are, I can even fact check that. If you, if you're making a movie of this scale and you're working with someone like Steven Spielberg, you can't have a scene in your movie play twice. Like that is so ridiculous. I to thought me. it was redundant. I didn't realize that they were playing the same clips to me. Same, just just that one. Yeah. I, he fell through the ice. Like, how dumb is that, too? Considering like how much of this film do you actually have to shoot? I'm None. You have you're virtually. Re you're rendering at least sixty percent. He film. shot like a commercial, and then everything else was CGI. <laughs> to be fair, <laughs> it's intense. We can't even set up a green screen. That's true. <laughs> hey, um, another few rollers, and we'll be good. Yeah. yeah, but we're obviously just getting started here. Yeah, for you know, we'll we'll evolve. Um, but hey, unlike oh, the characters yeah. in this movie. Oh! Shots fired, man down! Where are you at, Spielberg? Um, <laughs> pew pew. Um, Boycotting Netflix. So, um, that all happens. He ends up winning, goes back. Krennic shows up with a gun. Um, he's in the back of the car. He's like, oh, blah, blah. And then Krennic's like, blah, blah, blah. And, then the, and then it happens. And then they open the doors again. <laughs> and then the police finally... Show yeah, up. and I'm like, wow, these guys are here. I didn't know. See, like, at, see, this is why I thought like a little bit of world building and needing to know was a good thing because we get to mm. that point, and I was like, the police are here. I assume these gaming companies had gotten so big that they just were the government at this point, but now they're actual government services, and now I'm just wondering. And I was like, well, I know it's not part of the story, but like, what do people do for work in this world if you don't work at a gaming company? And how is there a government that functions? They the showed police? someone have a having a job. Did they? In the beginning, yeah, and they were like, and when you lose everything in the game, you basically lose everything in real life. Oh. And he was literally about to jump and commit suicide, and everyone was like, "No, don't do it." Oh, that part. He was just was he he had like a desk job. He was just like in some sort of corporate. Oh, he guy, was like a yeah. networking engineer or something. And then they were just like, ah, and he literally just goes to straight up. But he was playing the game, so what is his actual job? Yeah, what maybe is that was his break. I don't know. That's a good catch. There were yeah, people. Like, there were people in the like. There were when this whole thing happened. They they showed uh, they showed things of people like playing this game just in the middle of the street. I'm yeah. like, you can't. What? How do you like in the middle of the street, I'm okay with though because then like people are like around. Like yeah. the street is your free time, but like there are so many office buildings where like you see that scene and stuff, and like we don't know what that office building does, and like the fact that it's there, and then like. I don't know. I just feel like a little bit of context, maybe, or like do it differently. I don't know an exact example to point to, and I don't know exactly how to fix it, but like, yeah, like something like that is like, what does this guy at this job do, and why is it? Is it just playing video games? And and you're and and also like you're right. Where the f is the safety protocol? Like, unless yeah. there's like Tesla autopilot, like when you happen to run into a street, mm -hmm. like what the f happens when you just like. Everybody's running, and all of a sudden, an eighteen-wheeler comes. Is it just game over for them? Yeah, yeah like I, I thought it was very silly to see people doing this in their homes. I was just like, okay, but to see people doing it in the middle of the street, like on the sidewalk of, of yeah. wherever they were, whatever city, major city they were in, I was just like, how do you, 
How do you see, how are you not bumping into people? How are you not, why are you doing what you're doing? It they was were, just, it was very silly. They were trying to get across that everybody can, everybody no matter age or skill level can mm. use this and thing. no matter where they are. And no yeah. matter where they are. But it, they failed to bring up the thing that's actually relevant right now is the fact that VR is only usable if it's in a like static environment. Yeah. Mm. Like you, you, can't, you can't use yeah. it anywhere else. You can't just like walk around in this oasis and then walk yeah. around in the world mm -hmm. as if like you know what I, you just yeah. can't do it um, I, i'm also scared of vr in the future because i remember when i played red dead redemption i was addicted to that mm. i started when i was driving my car i Coors. thought i could just tap aa and just drive over people's lawns and oh dude you don't gotta get me started when i was uh <laughs> i was a uh, I, I played a lot of uh fast and furious in the um or need for speed in the arcade and whenever I'm, like, the first couple years of me driving, I felt like pumping my gas twice would give me a wheelie. You know what <laughs> yeah. I mean? And I was, and, and it's the same thing. You, you grow these habits. Yeah. Um, and it's, yeah, I, I know exactly what you're talking about. Just the other, uh, when I did VR the other day, I was, I had a, a bow and arrow. And yeah. I can only imagine, like, the, the urge, like, if I saw something, like, I can only imagine, like, if I do that, like you say, you, your body learns, your body adapts to oh, yeah. to to what happens and you're eventually like what like I'm playing Fruit Ninja and I I can just see things and I'm like Shing! like what like what happens when things become so Cops real like, not today yeah it's, like it's too you real. become too you, real. You, yeah. it becomes so real <laughs> to the point of like your body can no longer even differentiate the difference between the virtual world and the real world and and the habits that you yeah. get don't. Yeah, I'm, I'm sorry I beat this woman to death, but I just been got off a of Grand Theft Auto binge. She was wearing leopard print. Yeah. You know how it goes. Um, <laughs> but I think with the thing of like uh, people like walking into the the street, there is a part of movies where like every movie does create plot holes. So if you examine it like that closely, things will come up. But like I think the fact that like this did seem to show a person who had this reaction in the Oasis in that one scene, but like seemed to be at a job situation. But everyone else was doing it too, so I'm like, is your job being in the Oasis? And if the Oasis is this omnipresent, like, how weird is it to be a police officer and just be in real life every day? Like, that must suck. Yeah. Yeah. So, so another, like, glaring issue I found with this movie, and may maybe, I'm, maybe there's something that I'm missing. This is in 2040, and everyone, like, where are the references to the last 40 years of things that have happened it like, has the star wars problem so the one of the biggest problems with star wars and depending on how how far back you want to go but if you just want to start with the movies you've got about a 60 year span going from one two and three to seven eight nine if you want to get into eu you can go back four thousand years before a new hope yeah. and all of the technology is the same it just looks a little different each time and so you have a, a society that is heavily stagnating due to the fact that they reached massive technological peaks and then never improved on it, and all they're doing is going to war with each other. The, the biggest... I, I meant more like on the surface of just like the references. Yeah. Like how do these, how do the kids, like how old's Wade? 17, 18 years old? I thought he was like 25. Oh. 25? Is he not 25? I, I felt like no he was way. a kid. Yeah. Like he was a kid. Yeah, well, no. Anyway, so like whether he's 18 or 25, it doesn't really matter. How does an 18 year old in 2000 40 no back to the future that would be like us being just like whoa like remember the 40s wasn't that awesome he'd have to have good parents but wait <laughs> oh no <laughs>
No, but I think, I think that's, I think it's Star Wars, it's, it's like technological and societal stagnation. And I think part of the stagnation that happens in that is cultural. And like, you can kind of see it from us because like a lot of our major movies that come out in America in a year are stuff that is already exists. It's already intellectual property. It's either remakes, like they were remaking Robocop and they do a big remake every year, or it's an already existing property like the Marvel movies, or it's a new Star Wars movie or it's a, the DC universe now, there's stories that we already know. Mm. Yeah, what we weren't told is there's probably a f-ing Back to the Future 2049, just like there was a um, Blade Runner Blade Runner 2049. Mm, yeah. You know, could have happened that year. I just, I just constantly, it was just jarring to me, being just like, wait, this is 2040? These are kids. Yeah. I'm like, where? Nothing's happened? Like, no, like, nothing, like, they're still talking about Back to the Future. They're still talking about... Mortal Kombat. They're still talking about all this stuff. Like, it's just been the same. And I heard the argument where it's just like, oh, no, they're obsessed with that stuff because Halliday was obsessed with that stuff. Mm-hmm. But it still brings up the point of, like, but nothing else happened. Like, they didn't talk about anything that's happened. It's all just, like, kids in 2040 reminiscing about things that happened... 40 years before they were born. Not even 40. Like, 70. Yeah. Yeah, it's not like sixty. That's insane. Yeah, you're. Well, it came out seventy years ago from from the time. From we, now. From now. Friggin' like King Kong. Yeah. Like started, I mean, and King Kong's been rebooted a bunch, so it's kind of like, like the like, first <laughs> King Kong movie. You or have like, to be a real fanboy to like to like a like something like yeah. I appreciate like I'm a filmmaker, so like 50s, 60s movies sure. I like, but mm-hmm. like most people are like you talk to a kid these days, like a millennial or like maybe not a millennial X generation, whatever the f- they want to call themselves. Tide Pod generation. That is such such shit. The Tide Pod. I could go on in a rant on Tide Pods. That is (laughs) such. Nobody ate Tide Pods. That is such. That was a. That was. That was a. (laughs) That was a. That was a completely just like. Like the media created that trend. I believe it. Like that. Like there are not a generation of kids eating Tide Pods. That is the most ridiculous notion I've ever heard. Even if that generation is eating Tide Pods, they're also uh, going out into the streets and probably doing the best for gun control reform. Yeah, these these kids they're not that bad. They're not that bad. They're fine. They're (laughs) fine. Um, Gen Z's a nightmare. But. But but. They find out. They they find out f- all that shit. They uh, he finds out the thing. He's like, no, it's not about winning. It's about playing the game. And then yeah. he wins. And then life's awesome. And then he gets the girl. And then we find out that Butler McButlerface has been uh, the business partner um, the entire time. What did you guys that. think of the twist? I liked it. I was fine with it. I love Simon Pegg. Um, and like, I didn't see it coming. So I was like, oh, yeah, I didn't see it coming either. I also I didn't see it coming. Probably because it was. Yeah, just thrown in Worthless. There. But, yeah, I didn't see it coming. It was a throwaway. Um, but it, the, it, it, it made the extra it life, life, it made the extra life coin better. When I saw it, I was just like, oh, yeah, he got that on a whim, sure. Mm-hmm. You know, but then, but then when you see that it's like, oh, it was him that gave him the coin. It was kind of, I was just like, okay. Yeah, so fine. did he get the quarter and not realize at the time that it was an extra life? I think he did. I don't no, I don't think I the kid did. realized it was an extra life because he because he yeah, gets the maybe. quarter and he gets he sees it's like you see it when he catches it it's the Washington head yeah and then later on he comes back and he's like why aren't I dead and he looks at his coin and on the back side of that it says extra life yeah hmm. 
I don't know. I guess at that point in the movie, I just didn't care, and I was like, oh, good, Simon Pegg is getting his, like, screen time worth. Yeah, I think we're looking too much into it now. I, I, haven't, I didn't have a problem with it. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I didn't, have, I, I didn't have a problem with it. I thought it was a little weird, but... Very I Hollywood. I didn't have a problem. Yeah, very Hollywood. Yeah. yeah. I mean, what are you, what are you gonna do? Yeah, it's fine. Um, and then you go back. You you kind of go. You go back to Halliday's old uh, room where where he's actually himself and not his mm. wizard avatar. Mm-hmm. Um, was that him? His younger self. Yeah, I think that was. He his... says he keeps his younger self around to uh, like hang out every once in a while. Yeah. yeah. Okay, because I missed that line. I think. Yeah. And he also, what else did he do? Oh, he tested him. He asked. He goes, "All right, sign here." And he goes, "No, that's a mistake you made." He goes, "Just had to be sure." Yeah, and I was like, all right, yeah. and then and then that's I when they went. I cried during that part, even though it was really cliche and unrealistic. I thought, but I cried during that. It was you nice. know what? I didn't like the movie, but I teared up too. <laughs> I teared up too. No, it's like a nice moment that you have that because I think uh, it was cool that like this is a guy like Halliday is like a brilliant person, but like in real life, like that dude was crippled. Like, and I think like it's very obvious that he's on the spectrum somewhere sure. and oh, couldn't yeah. break out of that. And then this, but like he was so amazing at one thing and how he expressed himself and he changed the entire world because of that. And so the fact that he's kind of like, he kind of hides his deficiency inside of the thing that was his proficiency. Mm-hmm. Yeah, cool. I liked that he was eccentric, but also very, very, very human and, mm-hmm. and emotional. And I really, yeah. and in the way that, I forget who, who played him, but whoever played him, like I picked up on like the subtleties of it really mm-hmm. well. Yeah, I thought he yeah. did great. So then at the end, Wade uh, owns the Oasis, and he shuts it down, I think, for two days a week. Yeah. Um, it's like two days inside. And that's the whole allegory of the movie is, uh, hey, go outside. Every once in a while. I didn't think it was as cliche as you obviously think it was. Yeah. Because I think it's a good that- message. Oh sure, it's a good message, but I remember. I mean, like, I thought it was. Like, I think Tuesday everyone should have someone to make out with on Tuesdays and Thursdays. So, like, I thought that worked very well. <laughs> yeah, because it's like it's it like. Was... By the way, we closed the Oasis down on these days, and like the entire shot is just a slow like pan and tilt around them macking on this like cool designer sofa that he can buy now because he has the Oasis. Oh, when I when I I don't know, I'm remembering it as like a beanbag chair. It would probably it was like a weird thing that probably something. It's like a funky that. looking. But yeah, yeah, I just thought that this whole movie, this 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 whole movie, this this entire like huge, just like larger than life movie, the takeaway was, hey, don't play video games so much. It was like, hey, go outside every once in a while. I don't think though. I think you were like, I don't like this that part. No, I like the message. I think that kids should go outside. I think that there should be a balance between video games and real life and being able to to get some. Some uh, some physical exercise and physical yeah. meeting people. Like I think there's certainly value in well, that, I and think I think it needs to happen. But it was a small takeaway for such a grand movie. I thought, I thought that's just how it struck me. I didn't think the message was bad. I thought the message was good, but I thought yeah. it was a little like, wow, this whole is that this is that what the whole movie's about? So I just didn't think it was that heavy-handed. Like I never felt I like it was that big. I thought, like, it's like, oh, hey, we did all these things for the Oasis. We kept ads out of it. We kept it going for players. I split it between my all of the friends who helped me win it, and we have this joint company now. And then, like, yeah, we just shut it down for Tuesdays and Thursdays. Like, I don't know. I thought it was self-contained. 
like in its own thing. Like I didn't, I didn't try to take the cliche and apply that to the real world, like our real world. Mm-hmm. I just thought that it was all self-contained and, and it was realistic yeah. for him to. to be. I try to, I just try to take away the allegory from every movie. I, I try to. Be, what is this movie yeah. telling me? What What is this movie telling me about life? What What is this movie telling me about the human condition? What is this movie telling me about anything? And I, I always ask myself that. Not and then at the end, it just. I think in that case. Like Keep what it said was that it's good. Wheels. It's good to dedicate yourself to something, and like if you love it, really explore it fully. Like the way that he explored the game, and would go into Halliday's memories, and really figured all this stuff out. But that it's also good to like, I don't know, try other stuff. I mean, he just wanted to play video games and like find the egg, and like he didn't really care about like helping people. And then he becomes invested in Samantha and her story about IOI. How they, uh, I don't think we went over this, but like her her whole reason for becoming Artemis and looking for the keys is that. And how she became just so hard to. So hard. Uh, <laughs> was that like her dad had been like locked up in one of these IOI labor camps and then like died there? Which again, if there is a government, why is this legal? Um, but yeah, the world building was good. Yeah. Mm. Um, so out of out of uh, out of everything that we've talked today, uh, spoken on spoken on today, Aaron, what would you give this movie A through F? A through F. We can do pluses and minuses and stuff. I think like I'd give it uh, I'd give it like a solid like C plus B minus probably. I think for like anyone who's gonna go into it, you're gonna see a bunch of stuff that you know. Like you'll find at least one pop culture icon you can touch on. I think the story is not handled well in the opening act and world building that we've talked about, but I think for the average viewer it like finds the beats and like I was fine with the story once it got going. I thought it moved well. And it's it's interesting and it's like a new premise. So I, yeah, I think it's it's like an average okay movie. All right, Evan, what do you think? A through F. I'm gonna give it a B. Um, I thought it was definitely a good story. I enjoy, like I said, the the beginning was weak, but like once it got into its thing, I kind of I kind of it kind of carried itself with me, and I didn't really pull anything. I didn't really pull any kind of like nothing was really force fed to me except for that parent double scene that I missed. Um, <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, I would give it a B. Sure. I think, uh, yeah, to wrap it up, I think I would give this a C, C minus, feels a little mean, C. I'd give it a C. Um, there are parts of it I definitely enjoyed. Um, I think the movie has some serious flaws, and I was expecting a little bit more out of a Spielberg film. Um, and with something with such a grand premise um, and a grand world, I was expecting more world building. And I think that the opening of that, they, they could have really, I think if the opening was better, it could have been like a B plus in my eyes. Um, if they just tweaked a couple things about the beginning, not having it be so expositional and blah, 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 blah. I think that, yeah. And, then and if, if you're the, going to blow up someone's family member, make them care about it. Otherwise, that why? family member doesn't need to be in the movie. And if the Iron Giant's going to be in your damn movie, make the dent. you got to do the dent thing. You can't not <laughs> undent his head. That's the whole point of the Iron Giant. Undented. you got to undent it. Undented. Um, but yeah, I'd, I'd give it a C. Um, I'd say that if you're looking for some real quality like storytelling or filmmaking, you don't want to see this movie. But if you're looking for something to just kind of entertain you for two hours and you want to go, you know, see this with a couple of friends, you'd probably have a good time. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, that's where we're. That's where I guess we can uh, wrap this up. We have been 
go around tell each other what we're working on right now and shit like that. What are we working on? Yeah. Aaron, what the hell are you working, are you working on? on? Oh god, that is a good question. Um I am currently working on a few things that are NDA, so I can't talk about them. But if you uh, would like to head over to rootbeerstudios.com, you can check out a lot of work that I have co-written and co-produced. Also, if you want to check out the YouTube channel Rubriculous, I've done a lot of behind-the-scenes work on that as well. Would you like to spell that? Uh, just put R-B-K-L-S in all caps, and you'll probably find it. I think nobody would have guessed. <laughs> For sure. Um, cool. Uh, so yeah, guys, uh, I'm just, uh, Evan with Hop Top Films, uh, brutally honest reviews, our new thing. Um, stay tuned here. We've got a lot of stuff going on and turn it over to Bobby. Uh, yeah. So I'm the director of marketing at a company called Wormwood Gaming. We make high end, uh, handcrafted tabletop gaming accessories. It's a bit niche. Um, but, uh, yeah, we're constantly doing, uh, small reviews and behind the scenes from things like conventions, uh, uh, creating things in our workshop, uh, and things of that nature. And if you guys wanted to check us out, uh, it's Wormwood Gaming on Facebook or just Wormwood. Um, and I am also a DJ because that's semi unrelated, but if you wanted to check out my page, uh, DJ Bobby <laughs> Downey, that's like 90% of my job right there. Um, <laughs> If you wanted to check out my page, DJ Bobby Downey, I am constantly working with uh, Mac O Visuals, um, and we're putting out some really, really cool music videos. So check us out there. Justin. Oh, <laughs> so <laughs> hi, I'm Justin Carberry, and I am with Brutally Honest Films, and Brutally Honest is a company. I also will be starting a YouTube channel in the coming weeks for video games with a few of my friends, and we'll see really how that develops, but I will not have a name for that until at least an episode or two from now, because uh, life happens, and I haven't had time, but I will have time this week. Stay tuned. Awesome. All right, and keep your uh, eyes and ears open for our next review. We're going to be doing A Quiet Place right after this, and we'll see you guys next time. Hold on to your butts. Take care. Peace. <laughs>